field. Bulls have it after just three some ten minutes deflected and picked off Mosey. He'll take it in. Now stiff arm and he throws down the defender. Stiff arm's a crap average. <laughs> Great good match right there. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, beating the double team, multiple moves stacked into one. Just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, it's about football, not storylines. And you are listening to another edition, the 14th edition of Blue It Splits, where as you can see, we are joined by Marcus Coleman, who is actually in, uh, he's in Antigua. He's checking out my wedding spot for me. That's, that's where he's, uh, he's locked down. What's up, Marcus? What's up, man? Yeah, just out here doing a little recon. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad he was able to fly his private jet over there and, uh, and check out the location for me, see if it's holding up. Uh, getting married there next next uh, next May or next April actually my my fiance would punch me in the face for getting the month wrong. <laughs> you, better, you better get that right. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it right. It's a lot of stuff going on, um, but today we have 21 plays of uh, of Mims. We did the first half a couple, I think three four days ago. Or I did the the first half a couple days ago. It was 36 plays. Today we're doing 21 plays with Marcus. A lot of them coming from the Senior Bowl. Uh, next show will be Ashton Davis. I'm putting up Ashton Davis on my Twitter right now. JRB31. And then we're doing Jabari Zuniga, the uh, rusher from Florida. I don't have any all 22 of Zuniga, but I think edge rusher is probably the easiest position to evaluate from, from broadcast. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. I got like three or four games of him. Uh, the quick housekeeping. You can follow Marcus Coleman on Twitter as well. Uh, PatchMC42, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, YouTube, Blue It's Blitz. Uh, we got another review. Um, from Snack 63, uh, five-star rating, and uh, he, he wrote a, a nice paragraph about the show, so I appreciate that. Um, other than that, Jets X Shop, McGovern T-shirt, Blue It's Blitz T-shirt, M- M- uh, Becton shirt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's it. Marcus, before we get into the film, though, anything about the draft? I don't know if you how, how long you watched. I know you definitely watched the first round, or at least a lot of it. Anything stand out about the draft for the Jets that, that you noticed from any of their picks, or maybe their first-round pick, second-round pick, third-round pick, et cetera? I mean, not really. Uh, tell you the truth, I thought it was a solid draft, but mm-hmm. by, um, by Joe Douglas, silly truth. Um, you know, it, it was, you know, it's different. You know, it's always fascinating to me when you watch different GMs and you see their philosophy and you see how they're building, you know, building a team and what the needs are, you know, based off of what the needs are of the team and, you know, based, and based off of, you know, who's on the board. And there's this, you know, and I don't know if I all the way agree with it, um, you know, taking you draft best player available, regardless of position, uh, you know, when you're going through the draft, to me, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that, you know, because, you know, there's some teams that need depth. Um, there's some mm-hmm. teams that you need, you know, you know, like the Jets, you know, you need a, a solid right or left tackle. Um, you may need a solid quarterback. So you can't always use that philosophy. And it was actually cool seeing, you know, Joe manipulate, I mean, which is what he did, you know, the draft. Um, you know, use the picks wisely. Um, I think the only thing that that um, I would have done differently, and I think I said it on Twitter, is um, when they drafted Ashton, I would have just taken a pure corner. Um, and I probably would have taken the corner from Mississippi State. I can't remember his name right now. Um, big kid, he's 6'2", 205. He went, I want to say, maybe six or seven picks afterwards, yeah. uh, uh, you know, after the Jets pick. You know, that would have been my thing because, honestly – you know, just at the corner position, I think you have a lot of twos, you know, like number twos or number threes mm-hmm. at the corner position. You know, you don't have that, you know, one guy, uh, you know, like a, 
And I know this is, you know, kind of reaching like a, you know, Patrick Peterson, you know, you don't have somebody just on one side, you know, that can complement, you know, someone on, on the other side and, you know, and that can actually help your defense. So oh, outside sure. of that, yeah, outside of that, um, I love the Beckham pick. Everybody was going bonkers except for you and I. We're, I didn't, and I think I was, you know, you didn't really say anything, but I think I was, you know, kind of feeling what you were thinking. I'm like, that's the kind of dudes you need in locker room right, right now. You know, especially for the yeah. You don't have just that nasty, physical, mm-hmm. you know, big, you know, spitting in your face, you know, kind of old lineman, you know, dude. And that's what the Jets need right now. That's why I was, <clears throat> you know, I was hoping they picked him over Worth. I think Worth technically is better, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. But this is the dude that you need. And his upside is much bigger. So outside of that, I thought that, I thought it was a great draft. You know, obviously, you know, you pick up Mims, who we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he did fall that that low. Oh. But the draft started. Yeah, but the draft got a little quirky at the end. Um, and I think it was the um, I can't remember who was picking, but I think it was around like six or seven. And I shot out a you know a tweet or whatever it is. I'm like, this pick is gonna screw everything up depending on who it is. Um, Cause yep. there's always, that's just kind of how, you know, how the draft works. But. I think it was the Panthers. The Panthers taking Isaiah Simmons the Panthers. was a big thing. I think it may, it may have been the Panthers. Yeah. I'm like, this pick is going to screw up everything depending mm-hmm. on who they, you know, who they pick. So, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, he, you know, Douglas did a good job of mixing in, you know, picking from both sides, um, you mm-hmm. know, and really, you know, adding some depth and adding some quality talent. Yeah, as soon as they took Simmons, I knew that one of the two tackles in, in Werfs or Beckton were, were going to be there at, at 11. I was pretty pumped. And like you said, I, I had Werfs ranked higher as an overall prospect. But in terms of what you're talking about, like that nasty offensive lineman that the Jets need, I, I think that Beckton fills that. And yeah. I also have said this before the draft. I have plenty of freaking audio out there. I think he has the highest ceiling of these guys just because of how massive he is. Yep. Um, so pairing him with Cameron Clark, too, from – um charlotte in the fifth round i think fourth or fifth round um a guy who's gonna be like a developmental guard you know going into the next level another nasty guy who watched this game versus clemson he was ripping up clemson the entire game so i like that and most of the other picks i talked about last week i I like them you know maybe you change out perrine for mcfarland but maybe they feel that perrine is more of the all-around back who can come in and step step in right away being that number two or maybe mcfarland needs some development and you talk about davis I think the Davis pick was, okay, they're going to run more big nickel, big dime this year, and then next year they're not going to pay Marcus Mix. I think he's going to be 28 years old, pay uh, Jamal Adams and have a young uh, roaming cover one, deep middle type safety. So I agree with, the, with wanting a corner, though, too. I, I think, honestly, you know, you can pick a little bit of things, like, okay, maybe Morgan was too early for them in the fourth round. Right. Maybe you wanted another receiver, which I which is my one big grip with the draft. I wanted one more receiver out of it. But overall um, – a lot of pundits are really high in the Jets draft. I haven't seen one person really low on the Jets draft. Everybody who evaluates professionally is saying the Jets got a you know really good haul. So I was happy with it, minus maybe a, a, a tinkering of, of one thing here or maybe another there, but uh, nothing big. I was I was pretty happy with it. And a lot of people, oh, well, why didn't you take Bon over, over Zuniga in the fourth round? Like, how many people really watched Bon or Zuniga and are, are just looking up draft reports who don't even know what they're talking right. about? So right. um, I'm excited to get so, to some of those right. guys. And, and you don't know the roles they're trying to play. Zuniga's a guy who could play 4i, 5. He could stand up a little bit where Bon is more of like a Kyle Van Noy do-it-all type, but not really great at any one thing. So maybe they're looking for a true rusher, you know? So yeah. um, I, people go crazy with that stuff. They address a lot of positions they need punter in the sixth round that you know listen if he's a, if he's a top five top ten punter it's worth it punters mean something they, they do oh, no and doubt. six rounds six round picks are you're taking a swing for for 
for the fences, but a lot of times you're not going to hit that. Where a punter, if you know, you could, I'm, I'm sure you know, obviously, you know, you played in the NFL, just those five yards per punter are pinning a guy, you know, pinning a team inside the 10 yard line instead of, okay, well, he doesn't have the accuracy now they're at the 20. That stuff matters throughout the game. So I'm, I'm fine with that pick too. I, I like the Jets draft, but um, anything else surprising in, in, in the draft in general for you? Like, I know in the first round, some things were surprising. I think Andrew Thomas going in. You know, the first tackle was a little bit surprising to me. Yeah. Um, some of the picks later, later in the draft, uh, the – who what I forget what team took a linebacker. Oh, the Seahawks took some linebacker that I didn't really know too much instead of taking uh, Queen. There's a, there a bunch of things, um, Terrell in the first round, but did anything stick out to you that was kind of shocking? Nah, I mean, the um, – I mean, I wouldn't say – and I actually was thinking about the Seattle pick, but – Seattle, they the way they snatter, the way that they operate, they're always looking for dudes for like unknown cats like that. That's mm-hmm. just kind of how they operate. Um, you know, they're not necessarily going with the, you know, with the I guess the the famous choice or the trendy choice or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, even though everybody else was surprised, uh, and I wasn't that Rugs went first before Judy uh, and Lamb, and I was telling uh, there was a buddy of mine that does a, a sports talk show here. Uh, and this, and I was going on, you know, right after, I guess that Sunday would have been uh, the day after the first one was over with or whatever it is. The next day, he, you know, he had a show. I told him on like Thursday, I'm like, dude, he's going first. He's like, really? You think over, over CD? And I'm like, dude, he's going first. I'm telling you. And it's not because, you know, he's the, you know, the better of the group or whatever it is, but people are enamored with Flash. He's got you know, huge big play capability mm-hmm. and the dude can basically fly, you know? So regardless of what the scouts say about his route running, they feel like, well, this is the coach's job to teach him. They're enamored, you know, they're enamored with his speed. Like he was going to go first, you know? So everybody else was surprised by that. I wasn't, I really was surprised that Terrell went, went as high as he did. But the pick that I, that I was definitely surprised with, um, the kid from Florida, um, uh, Henderson? Henderson. Yeah. I was like, dude, at nine, like I like him, but I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, I'm talking about Jacksonville here, you know. So you know, and I, you know, you take that how you want, you know. Jack, you know, if there any Jacksonville <laughs> fans listening to this, you take that how you, you know, how you want. The last couple of years, I don't yeah. think there's many. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying that they've been a little dysfunctional. You know, basically mm-hmm. they're you know having a fire sale and trying to rebuild. You know, but that would actually surprise me. I, I, I thought he may go like you know, end of the first, you know, second or something like that. I didn't think he was, a, you know, a top 10 pick. You know, I I'm, I wouldn't go with that. And and also was surprised that as many people skipped over, you know, skipped over Isaiah Simmons as they did, you know, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. That was actually, you know, you know, kind of surprising as well. But everything else was, you know, was, you know, kind of par for the course, you know, the way that it fell. I thought Ken Law was actually a good pick. Um the other, I guess, trade that everybody's talking about is Jordan Love, you know, Jordan Love. Yeah. From, from Utah State, which mm-hmm. I like him, but I kind of don't like him. You know, I mean, he's at Utah State, and I mean, I get it, but, and I know, you, yes, you have to, you know, where Aaron Rodgers is in his, you know, in his career right now, it's time to start grooming another dude. Like, I get that. I don't know if I would have traded up in the first round to go get, you know, to go get that guy. You know, it, you know, it's kind of, was the only beef that I had with it. Not that they picked the quarterback. It's just, okay, you traded up to get this dude. Like, he was going to be there anyway. 
Yeah, especially <laughs> especially after Rodgers was just talking about on a sports radio talk show that it would be nice if the Packers took a skill position to help him in the first round, and they're kind of like, okay, we're going to trade up to take your replacement in a couple of years. And Rodgers hasn't been known to be the the most helping, loving type of good guy um, from all reports throughout his career. So I don't know how that's going to go. Um, yeah, we'll I, see. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I agree. But, so. The Raid, I think the Raiders too. I didn't like the Raiders draft in terms of like we both like Judy a lot. Um, and from what I've seen from their offense, they're more of like a, a horizontal spacing type offense. So I'm not sure how he's going to fit, and maybe it's a lot of yak. But Judy would be great in that offense. So I, I didn't love that pick. And also, or right. I think it was what his name, uh, Arnett or whatever Arnett, the, yeah. the corner. Yeah. That was a that was a reach at, at that point in in the draft. But, but then again, you know. Maybe he works out, and, and then I'm, I'm eating crow, you know. So it is what it is. But there was definitely a, a couple of surprising picks. I'm happy with how it fell for the Jets, you know, getting th- through those first couple of picks. And like I said, not seeing tackles go. The Jets need a tackle. Um, obviously, the, the skill positions guys are they're, they're flashy, and you, and you like to see, you know, Judy break big plays and run crisp routes and make these catches and stuff like that. But you need an offensive line to be, able, you know, for Sam Donald even to be able to get the ball there. So uh, they needed to do it. They needed to get back then. Uh, he's been working out with uh, Duke Mannyweather. He's going to drop to 355 for the season, hopefully. So um, it, was, it was an exciting pick. It, it was something they needed to do. Um, other than that, though, before we get into the film, um, just want to ask you about the whole the whole COVID nineteen thing and how much do you think it it, it kind of sets the the rookies back and the guys who are even new to the team back to not be in the building, not be with their teammates, and then also with that like part two of that question, what do you think is going to happen with the with the NFL season? Well, I mean, well, honestly, it does set you know it sets the guys back a little bit just because you don't get that on the field teaching aspect and. You know, the, the, in the classroom stuff is easy, especially, you know, the way that like we're doing now with yeah. Zoom and you can have virtual classes and, and things like that. That part's easy, um, you know, and everybody can be able to communicate in that way. But um, missing the actual on the field teaching, you know, seeing, for example, if you're on defense, you know, seeing the run fits, seeing mm-hmm. the formation um, offensively, you know, seeing the window, especially if you're a rookie, you know, wide out or QB or whatever it is. Uh, you don't get the opportunity to actually see how small those windows look now and how fast everything moves, you know, as opposed to, you know, as it does in college. So that's the part they, they're going to miss. You know, you're going to miss getting a chance to get acclimated to the speed of the game, how fast everything is, is getting installed, how fast everything has to be in regards to timing, you know, where you have to line up, you know, your angles, things like that. That's really the huge, you know, the biggest part that's going to be missed. It's not learning the playbook you know, or, or talking mm-hmm. to your coach, you're going to miss the on the field stuff. And, um, and, and listen, the season's going to happen. Um, and I'm not going to go into my conspiracy theory stuff about what the <laughs> government does and like it. Just know that the season's going to happen. It's probably going to happen on time. I've only seen one thing that said, you know, there's a very small chance that there won't be a season, which means, okay, we'll just throw this out here just to like keep you you know, kind of on edge and make you think about it. But the season's going to happen. They already released their preseason schedule. You got May, June, July, and August, um, you know, and everybody's, you know, most states are starting to reopen and everything, mm-hmm. you know, business-wise is starting to get back on hand. The only thing that they'll have to do is figure out, you know, if they decide to have like any OTAs or anything like that, you know, how to manage that and how does that look, you know, from a logistics standpoint. Um, but by the time preseason comes around, uh, or I should say training camp comes around and preseason comes around, I think everything will be almost full go. The only thing that won't happen this year, I think, is 
you won't be able to go to training camp, you know, yeah. like, you know, like fans usually get to do, mm-hmm. they're not going to, you know, they're not going to do that. Um, I do know that unless something changes, you know, from, you know, what I was told, you know, last week, but they're not going to have any fans in training camp. Everything's going to be isolated in that regard, but preseason and all of those things, you know, it'll, it'll happen and all of that will start up. So, you know, no fret. You, you know, everybody don't fret, you know, everybody just relax. You know, I wonder, like, you know, so, you know, football is going to happen. I will, as long as it happens, I'm fine. And maybe they even push it back. Maybe, okay, instead of starting training camp in June or whatever, they started in July and then the start of the season's in October. Like, you know, that, that could happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's going to be fans in the stadium, but, and that'll suck because tailgating is the, the best, which I will get Marcus Coleman to a tailgate in, in either whether I be in Texas <laughs> or if he ever flies down or flies up or over, whatever it is, I'm getting you at one. Um, they are a blast with the bus we bring, but uh, if if we have to miss it for a season, it is what it is. Life, you know. As long as there's football, yeah. I can watch and break down. I'll, I'll get over the tailgate. I'll tailgate at my house. I'll, I'll go to my friend's house with his bus and and drink there and watch the game in his freaking in his driveway. <laughs> I don't right. care. I'll figure out a way to get over it. Um, but let's get get into the Mim, uh, the Mims film. Like I said, the big chunk of the show is going to be the Senior Bowl where he, he dominated – well, he, he, de- he definitely can make improvements in his route running and things like that. Uh, a lot of that came from the beginning of the season. I think he improved on it going into the Senior Bowl. A lot of what I saw, Marcus, and I don't know if we're going to see this a lot this, this show. I don't really know all the 21 plays I'm going to bring up. I don't remember them, remember them in order. I'm not Einstein. Uh, a lot of his problem was, with his route breaks – was the fact that he would kind of lunge into his break step um, where he wouldn't really throw his foot down. He would lunge into it. So his body was going forward instead of him throwing his body down and he kind of lean out of his breaks um, and not commit his eyes to his breaks where he'd already be looking out of it too soon and make it a little bit rounded. And also from what I saw in his releases, he wouldn't be ready to defeat the hands and he was kind of too simple in his releases where he wouldn't really create false steps or manipulate the hips. Um, and the guys would be able to crowd his route breaks and get over top of him. Um, I'm not sure how much we're going to see that in, in this episode. Like I said, I don't remember every single rep I'm going to show. But overall, I think he, he improved the, the senior bowl. And this is the time where you need to play really well. Like, this is where all the GMs, the coaches, the scouts are going to come and see you. Um, and I think he, he played, you know, overall pretty well. Again, there's some things he, could, he can improve on overall that we're going to see. Um, but he showed his, his physical dominance and the comparison I made to him, and we're going to watch more film for you to see Marcus, I'm not sure how much exactly you watched of him. I compare him to like, uh, an AJ green type, maybe a little bit more physical than AJ green plays, but mm-hmm. four, three, nine speed, uh, six, three, two Oh seven, like the same exact size. Um, AJ green's a little bit more physical than people realize he is a really good route runner. So yeah. that's, that, that's the kind of guy I compare him to. Um, and a lot of the the reps you're going to see is, okay, well, this isn't legal. But it is because you see DeAndre Hopkins do it all the time. The receivers, as you know, Marcus playing corner, even in your day, they get a lot away with a lot more than cornerbacks do. So um, I, I like that his his he has it right here. He has an altered um, release where you can see him slowing up a little bit. And it kind of freezes the corner. It gets a little bit high. Um, burst to the outside. The corner flips his hips to, to stay over top. Mims places his uh, arm onto the the shoulder, the elbow, uses a push by, snaps back to the ball, uh, makes the catch. What are you What are you seeing from this rep that you either you either dislike or that you like? Well, no, I like the rep. I mean, based off of what a DB is is lined up, um, like you said, he he freezes him a little bit, you know, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the good thing is he's got room to work. So, you know, based off his alignment, you know, and based off of you know where he's trying to go, he gives himself room. Um, obviously his threat is a, you know, his speed is a threat, right? So as a yeah. DB, if you're getting, if you're freezing or you're caught at the line of scrimmage, it's like, okay, I got to get on my horse. 
you know, to try to get on top. So he uses that to his advantage. Now he widens out a little bit, um, mm-hmm. is able to use the, the, the cornerback's momentum, you know, to, to swing back around and, and get back on the hitch or the smash, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good rep, you know, and, he, and, and I've actually, you know, watched him, you know, because they show a lot of Baylor games down here, you know, on TV. So I've seen him play a lot. Um, okay, cool. This is, some, this is something that he does. You know, he's been been doing, you know, good as, you know, most of his career at Baylor. You know, that's just because he's able – he's such a threat vertically that if he's running any smash routes or comebacks or anything like that, you know, if he's on balance, he's able to use his, his – you know, use the, either the DB's momentum or, mm-hmm. um, you know, use his, his physical attributes to, to snap out of routes. Yeah, he's he's physical. He's definitely physical. I want to see him be a little bit more nuanced with his releases at some at some points to not have to depend on that that physicality. But listen, if he could develop into a better route runner, which I think is what he needs overall the the most overall work with, and his his wide receiver coach is Sean Jefferson, who coached his son Van Jefferson at LSU to run really good routes. Obviously, that you know credit to LSU as well. But I'm sure Jefferson had a lot to do with his son running routes. Mm-hmm. And if you have a guy who's four three eight who has the size who could pluck any ball outside of his frame. Like he has a ridiculous catch radius because he has 34 inch arms, which is what tackles want, you know, right. at receiver and he's physical and he can run routes and he has speed. He, he's a guy who I think he's going to need some work. because He didn't see a, an extended route tree at Baylor. Um, right. But if he could put it all together, he's a guy who could be a true X receiver with development. So um, uh, watching this rep, um, I I labeled this as a, he's he's getting even off of the this is this is the easiest thing to call it he gets even just feet uh coming even at the at the snap allowing for two way go threatening two ways you're reading the DB is he gonna is he short is he soft shoe is he gonna back off is he gonna press me aggressively um releases to the outside the one thing that I noticed with him in terms of some of his routes where he he does tend to bow his routes out pretty far. Yep. Um, and he, he he will get squeezed to the sideline more in the in the NFL. Uh, here, I think he bows out a little bit too far, but I like that he works vertically back to get um, or back kind of inside to get to the bottom of the numbers right there to stack that guy a little bit. Um, throws that bam type step where he's like a, an exaggerated break step, elbow jam, throwing it back, head head nod, um, and get back, and gets back out for the out uh, to the outside to make that catch. Anything you're seeing from here, uh, Marcus? Yeah, no, I mean he's actually you know for somebody as fast as he is. He does a pretty decent job of, of coming out of his breaks. I will mm-hmm. say, that. you know, most guys that fast, they don't understand how to use their speed. You know, and they're trying to run four three nine. You know, they're trying to run a comeback at four three nine, which you can't do. You know, you got to understand how you use your speed. Yeah, and like you said, the only thing I would like to see him do is on that release, he's going to have to be a little bit tighter. Uh, you know, than he is. You know, than he's here. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, if he does that, you know, getting a little bit, a little bit tighter, he actually gives the probably gives himself a, you know, a better chance to, to sack the DB if he's running a different route, obviously, but mm-hmm. just not bow it out as much. Um, you know, you want to, you know, minimize as much, you know, I guess the waste of feet, you know, false steps as you can. Um, and if you're bowing out, you know, you're creating, you know, two or three extra steps that you probably don't need. I mean, but outside of that, just, you know, staying a little bit lower, not exposing his chest, you know, at the, you know, initially, you know, from the start, you know, when he's making, you know, getting even, uh, you know, I just noticed that he was a little high. I mean, he's six three, mm-hmm. so that's natural, but, you know, with him, those are the little things that he's just he's going to have to work on. You know, and we're going to see that throughout the film. It's going to be, you know, some of the smaller detail stuff that he's going to have to fix, you know, in order to get better. Yeah, I want to – I'm trying to uh, – I'm going to find a play real quick because I just wanted to – I wanted to bring up um, one of the examples I was talking about with him not really necessarily committing to um, his break. But just, So give me a second here. 
Um, but like I said, he kind of, he kind of, and, and I said it, it was something that was really exciting for me to watch because he is a guy, like you said, with his size at six, three, and he's, he's a high waist and long legs. He gets out of his breaks really, really well. Um, but he also has room for technical improvement. So there's guys who will run it with good technique, um, but who don't necessarily have the lower body power, et cetera, to be able to get out of the break well. Right. So he gets out of breaks well without necessarily good technique. Um, and it's really, really interesting to, to watch. I believe this is an example of, I just try to look it up. Um, like even here, like I think he gets out of, he's on the bottom. He gets out of his break like relatively fast, but some of the, some of the, the route running his, he, you can see him like on, a, on this break step, he, he kind of lunges for it. Um, right. I don't know if you agree with me there, where he's not really throwing it to the ground. He kind of, you can see him like leave his feet and, and jump forward instead of throw his body down. His hips are kind of high mm-hmm. and you can see him. And this is just my opinion. Again, tell me if I'm wrong. He's leaning out of the break before, you know, before he even really commits to it. So on a second step right there, you really want to see him, you know, chest over the knees, looking down at that foot, but his eyes and his body are leaning out of it. And that's why it kind of takes him an extra, you know, split second to get out of it. But right. I still think he gets out of that break with with pretty good quickness and like a snap there for a bad overall in terms of like technicality. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you want you know he needs to have his hips a little bit more underneath him. Mm-hmm. Um, and for taller guys, you know, especially when you come out of breaks, it's no different than you know a defensive back if he's taller. You know, you got to shorten your stride, you know, a little bit. So basically, you're taking you know half mm-hmm. a step. You know, it's kind of what what the gauge may be. Um, that'll allow him to come out of the break because he he's still running fast, but just shortening the stride, maybe a half a step, you know, keeping his hips underneath him, you know, keep him from lunging, you know, into, you know, into, you know, into the break that he's trying to make, you know, at this point. But I mean, even with that, he still doesn't, like I said, he still does a good job of getting in and out of his breaks, you know, even with that long, you know, mm-hmm. that long over exaggerated, you know, exaggerated step. Um, you want to make that, you know, that step short as possible, hips underneath, you know, if he works on that, yeah, he's snapping out of breaks, you know, faster than Quick. he is now. Like it'll be, yeah. Ridiculous. yeah. And that's what I'm saying with a guy who's gonna, you're gonna, there's gonna be corners who he has like three things on him. If you can run routes, obviously you have an advantage over everybody. You have the size over a lot of guys, uh, and you have that speed. It's it's he's he's a really interesting guy, and there's a reason he's my fifth overall receiver. Um, and like I said, I showed the, I showed the, my texting with my friends last show, and just how freaking excited we all were. Um, that he that he fell I really did not expect him to even get out of the first round but for him to to last until pick what was it 50 59 that he lasted to I I was shocked so Joe yeah. Douglas to trade down 11 spots get an extra couple of picks in the draft I already show, I might have already showed this play oh no I didn't okay so um yeah it was it was a really really good pick like the first two picks he started off fantastically now I'm not as high on the Davis pick for the reasons that you said um, and I think when I, when I show his film next, the next show I do, he's definitely raw. He has a lot of things to work on, especially in man coverage. He's not really good at man coverage, but his, his technical right. ability is really, really nice. But, um, I call this a shuffle release. He really just, it, it's just working horizontally immediately squaring a guy up. He's, he wants to get outside leverage. So I call that a shuffle. Um, some people call it a dead leg too. If you're going to bring that, it's extending the one step. If you're going to bring that, that the back foot up and then you're mm-hmm. kind of just uh, simultaneous movements where you're not simultaneous continuous movements where th- this left foot is just going to stay up or obviously right if the right foot's back you know whatever but just because he's working to the outside i call i call it a shuffle um so shuffle really squares a guy up gets outside again bursts outside dips that inside shoulder i like the 
the head not at the top here. I, the, I like to see the, the corner play this a little bit better, but I like that uh, the yeah. break right there. <laughs> but what do, you, what do you see here? I'll play this in full speed for you. I'm sorry. I, uh, what do you think oh, about yeah. the release? What do you think about the, the break? I mean, I think the release is actually not bad, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's giving himself a little bit, you know, a little bit of room establishing that outside, you know, the outside leverage or whatever it is. Um, you know, and like you said, obviously the corner doesn't, doesn't, you know, help himself out at all. But the fact that, that once he gets to the point where he's getting ready to break, you know, on his end cut, he comes out of the break. I mean, he's gone immediately. Like there's, it's boom, and he's gone. And even though, I mean, because technically, if you think about it, the corner, you know, was using any kind of technique, even though he's beaten, he's actually in a perfect position to play this route, you know, from the trail position. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if, his, if his eyes are right, which they aren't, um, if his eyes are down at his hips and, you know, he's, you know, trying to play the route, he's actually is playing this route good. But because, you know, the corner's eyes aren't right, uh, he does a good job stacking them up. You know, like I said, once he comes out of that break, you know, the break is flat and he explodes out of it and he's gone. I mean, I actually, you know, I, I, I like this route. You know, take advantage of the DB, you know, if he's technically not right. So, you know, but it's, this shows you the burst, you know, if you let it play full speed, this shows you the burst he has once he comes out of his route, even on this dig route. I mean, look at that, he's gone. I mean, mm-hmm. he's already two or three steps ahead of the, of the DB already. Like, it's not even close. And, you know, this this is just, like I said, this is just the tip of the iceberg for him. You know, he's got so much potential, you know, once he gets better, you know, at just little things like this. I mean, he could really be a phenomenal player. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I, I like the release. I like the shuffle there to get outside. Um, I like that he drops his hip at the top here. This, people call it the stacked bam step. It's like an exa- another exaggerating step. Can't see the elbow jam right here, but the head fake outside, exaggerating step outside. And that's right. what gets the corner to kind of freeze up and think he's going outside and uh, burst inside again for six three, really really impressive. And yeah. if if he could if he could round out or not round out his routes, you don't want to round out routes, but kind of round out his technique and get better at his at his technique uh, overall, I would be I, I think he could be an X, like I said. Uh, so again, coming off the ball, um, corner has inside leverage. Mm-hmm. Another shuffle type release, runs his feet, foot fire, whatever you want to call it. And the corner is going to not really react. He's pretty flat-footed here. Mims yeah. is going to burst inside. And again, that, that speed threat gets the corner to open up his hips, opens yeah. up his hips, plan hard off the left, uh, clubs, the, clubs the inside shoulder, gets by, uh, holds vertical. Again, another solid break. And then uh, the quarterback overthrows it. But here, I'll play this in full speed so you can see, you can see it. But... What are your thoughts on uh, on this one? Again, a lot of physicality in in his routes, um, which paired with his side and size and speed is is pretty rare. I I think. Yeah, no, I definitely I love the way that he uses. He, I mean, he knows he's a big guy. He's got the long arms, and I and he uses that. I, I like that a lot. Uh, I mean, if we're nitpicking here, the only thing that I would like to see is mm-hmm. just initially when he's making that break coming back, that step not be as long. You know, maybe you know just a little bit shorter right here. Right so bring, this step right here. Yeah. yeah, that foot's pretty far outside of his frame. Yeah, just bringing in mm-hmm. maybe like a half a step, you know, and obviously – You see that throwing, more like here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he's throwing a guy – you know, when he's throwing a DB by, he's already, he can get back across his face even quicker. You know, having, Yeah, there's, there's some dead time right here. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I know, like I said, we're nitpicking here, but I mean, that's why we're here. But that's, other, other, than, other than that, that's the, really the only thing that I would like to see, uh, you know, initially. So – you know, shorten that stride a little bit, be able to cross the DB's face, you know, a lot faster. And so now, you know, working into the route, 
he would be, you know, by shortening that step there, he puts himself that, that half a step that we're talking about farther ahead, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. You know, you know, once he crosses his, you know, once he crosses face, um, let it go all the way through. I just want to see, make sure that I'm seeing. Oh, huh. there you go. Yeah. And coming out of this route, I would like to see it be a little flatter. See, so rounds it off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you know, he's going going into the initial break. See that you know those two two or again. Three. It looks like to me like he's oh. he 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 lunge he he his problem with the top of his routes and his route breaks for me is he he lunges a little bit into it. I yeah. always see more power generated from that step. He he's kind of throwing his body into the break. Like don't right. I think he's like thinking about his breaks too much and how he wants to do it. Just do it, you know, because when you're throwing your body forward, it's gonna be hard to break out outside. So that's what I'm seeing there. And like you said, with this, that was a good point too, because anybody try to try to put your foot out that wide and then move the opposite way. You're not going to be able to do it. You want to see your foot more under your frame right there. So you want to see that a little bit more where my, my, my you want to see a little bit outside just to, just to be able to burst. But when it's right. too far outside, it's, it's, it's literally a game of centimeters. Like people say it's a game of inches, it's centimeters. And this might not matter against whoever he's playing against right here, but it will in the, uh, in the NFL. So I, I think those are both good points on both the break inside and the break back outside. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who this corner is, but he has really good athleticism on that, on that speed oh, yeah. right there to, right, <laughs> to yeah. get back outside. He's twitchy, that guy, but um, I don't know who that was. But yeah, there's definitely some things he could, he could work on. And there's some people who are saying, you know, uh, who might be over-exaggerating how bad he is at routes. I think he's okay, but there's definitely work he could do. There, undoubtedly. There's, there's reps where he, it looked like he dominated guys, but I brought it up last show where if this was the NFL, he wouldn't be able to do it because NFL guys would be able to, to crowd the routes and to, to, you know, to, uh, to play him in trail like they should, to press him towards the sideline, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, again, like there's some plays like this one that might be teetering a little bit on illegal. <laughs> yeah. um, again, the corner's playing like, you know, I would, I would say pretty much heads up. There's not yeah. much with the release here. Um, and this is where I would see, like, I would like to see him do a little bit more here where he, he kind of just gets even again, breaks outside. There's not really too much with it where in the NFL, a good defensive back, in my opinion here, stays square, shuffles over top, gets his hands on this route might be shut down. Right. Um, but this doesn't happen here. He does. He's able to crowd him a little bit. And then he, you're going to see Mims just, just literally just push off, snap back to the ball and, and make the catch. Um, so what do you, what do you see from this one? Yeah, he doesn't give him a lot at the line. Um, you know, I mean, the DB is actually – he's not all the way square, but he does do a good job of, you know, mm-hmm. staying, you know, square for the most part. You know, that's why Mims can't really get away from him. I mean, that's something that he's going to have to work on. You know, he's got to have – because <clears throat> in every route that we've seen, you know, obviously they've all been versus press, it's been the same route. You know, it's been the same release. And it's either been mm-hmm. the horizontal release or – you know, but it's been some form of getting even, moving the DB horizontally, and then him working into the route. Mm-hmm. He's got to have, you know, some counters, you know, you know, off of this. This can't be his only his only release, especially, you know, getting at this level. Um, and, you know, because he's, you know, the, the defensive back is actually technically good, you know, he doesn't get, you know, sep- you know much separation from him. Uh, the only thing that, you know, he's obviously, you know, obviously able to do is he's bigger than the DB and he's a lot stronger he uses the momentum, obviously it's illegal, you know, to push off, but you know, he's, he's, you know, at the line of scrimmage, you know, he's going to have to have some counter moves in order to win. Yeah. Something I brought up last, last uh, show, Marcus was we, we, we saw, like, I saw some like foot fires and short shreds and things like that. Um, at least how I label them as releases, mm. but he didn't do it enough. It's like a lot of you say like the shuffle releases and the, and the get evens there's, there wasn't too much to it. So like there's a lot of times where, 
like I said, his, he has simple releases. He's not really manipulating the guy, not really uh, forcing false steps. And like you said, his DB is able to stay over top. And this is, could get, maybe it get, maybe it gets called in the NFL. Maybe it doesn't, but I think if the ref had his eyes in the right place, this, this would get, would get called. So, yeah. um, there's again, some sort of improvement he can make. Let's see the next one. Uh, the one thing I do like about him, and I, I, I notice it a lot in these reps is a lot of these reps, he's finishing his, his reps, which is important to me mm-hmm. to watch. Cause there's a lot of guys who catch the ball and then they stop running. I like how he's, he's, he's finishing his reps. That's something I did want to bring up. Right. Um, and there's a lot, you're going to see this in this play too. And I'll, I'll play it again. Again, pretty simple release. You know, he gets even, he wipes the hands. I like how he, how he wipes the hands right there. He's ready for those hands. The thing I like the most uh, about this um, is the end of it where again, maybe he, you'd like to see him sack him a little bit more here, not just continue outside to you like to see him get on top of him. But you can see that left hand come out and he, and he pushes off kind of, kind of either pushes off or he kind of pulls the Jersey down to uh he pulls him down a little bit to slow down the DB's momentum. And the one thing that was good about his film was showing late hands. I, I like the late hands that he shows. What, what was it? And I don't know if you agree with me here about the late hands. Um, and I don't know if you have the same terminology as me, but just showing your hands late so the DB can't work through them. As a, as a you know, literally an, NFL, an ex-NFL DB, how much of a difference did it make when guys showed their hands late where they weren't tracking the ball with their hands out so you couldn't play through them? Like, does that make a big difference in the NFL or am I maybe well, overstating well, that no, a little bit? It, I mean, it makes a huge difference because, you know, and there's two things. One, if you're running, you know, with your hands out, you're actually losing speed yep. while you're running. Yep. The second thing is the more you can, you know, the, the later you can show your hands, obviously the later the DB reacts. Because if you're showing hands late and the ball's already getting ready to drop in, mm-hmm. you're never going to get there. It's just impossible, especially if he's not, you know, if, you know, especially with his back turn and he's not looking, it's just impossible. And, and, and DBs that like to play that trail technique, I didn't particularly play it like that because I don't, I don't like, I just didn't like that. Um, you know, having to react and, you know, stick your hand in the, you know, in the receivers, you know, catching rate, you know, mm-hmm. catching area or, you know, playing the hands. Um, there's no way you're going to get there if you show late hands, which is what I do love about that. Um, you know, the only thing that I would say is just be careful with the, you know, with the jersey grab right here, pushing mm-hmm. back. That'll probably get called. Um, you know, just, you know, it may not. It just depends on the week, the way that they call pass interference now these days. But just be careful with that. And obviously, if he just keeps running, he doesn't need to do that because he's already, you know, he's already ahead. So just stack him and keep running. It's the quarterback's job to get the ball out. You know, that won't be on him. So, um, you know, outside of just maybe that one little thing, you know, I would say, you know, I think it's a good route, to tell you the truth. Yeah, if anything, honestly, this is probably a little bit from – it looks like he gears down a little bit. It's probably a little bit underthrown, so that's why yeah. he has to do that a little bit. But like you said, it's, it, it's going to be one of those things where he might get called for five, six pass, offensive pass interferences a year. He has to, he has to work on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, though, I, I like the late handstand. It's something I noted because, you know, DBs are trained, okay, if you're beat, work through the hands. If you can't work through the hands, at least stick your arm through where they're going to bring the ball back so they try to right. bring it back. You, you know, they, they can. It's harder to catch, et cetera. So – the late hands was something I, I, I noticed a lot in his film that I, I definitely do um, like about his, about his game. Uh, we're going to see another push by on this rep, um, similar to what we've seen a lot. Uh, I think I labeled I, – I forget this is like a, another like get even. And, again, it's, it's what he does. He, he really likes that, like right. that get even shuffle release where he's going – I call this more of a shuffle, working immediately horizontally, squaring the guy up, reading his leverage, reading what he's going to do, et cetera. Um, but he does. It's it's not really like again, 
it, it works here, but in the NFL, does this work? Uh, I don't necessarily know because he's not really doing much to this guy. Like this guy is able to stay over top. And if he was square and didn't angle off right away, maybe he could stay on top of a little bit better, but he stayed over top, you know, yeah. relatively well. Um, but he uses another like, like club push by uh, breaks back to the ball. Um, you'd like to see him obviously catch us cleanly, but I do like the concentration to, to bring this in. But uh, what do you think about this route um, versus press DB? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, he, he needs a counter. Um, you know, I thought the push, I mean, just because he's so strong, you can see the strength. Um, obviously, when the DB is opening up, you know, he pushes mm-hmm. him, you know, so hard on the turn back, you know, he gets the DB leaning. I just like to see him snap out of that break a little more. Uh, you know, there's some okay. dead time, you know, once he, he does, you know, push off, you know, kind of right here, he's kind of hopping back. He's not exploding back into the break. You know, if you look at it right there, see, so he's kind of – Yep. He's just kind of like – it's like he's easing into it, you know, instead of, you know, snapping back and going to attack the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, yeah, catch it clean. But other than that, that's it. So, and that's – I mean, that's what we're talking about. Those things, he, you know, he has to work on, you know, coming in and out of the breaks. And with him, it's going to be shortening the stride just because he's so big and he's so tall and understanding how to use his speed, you know, when doing that is the thing. Yeah. Um this is another similar one. It's a lot of the same type of stuff from the senior ball. Uh, yeah. Foot fire runs his feet really quickly. Um, you like to see him defeat that hand, those those hands a little bit cleaner. I would say because he yeah, owes it out a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. you could see like his hand, like you. I at least from what I've known and what I've researched. You know, I played football. I played at high school level. It's not anything. I really taught myself by looking up stuff. You really what your aiming point for a lot of these swipes and chops is is really the elbow because it gives yourself more. Um, you're controlling the, the center of the arm. That's, that's at least what I've learned. Um, mm-hmm. So I think his hand's a little bit high right there, and he bows it out. Yep. Again, the DB, I, I like how he works back vertically, though, after he bows it out a little bit. Another, like, club um, ducks underneath the hand, so he clubs him, gets underneath that hand, and breaks back uh, outside and catches the ball. Then he's going to finish the rep again. So um, what are you seeing from, from this, uh, this release, Marcus? Yeah, same thing. Um, obviously, you want to knock the hands down, uh, you know, and, both, and both of these guys are doing it. They're touching each other, but they're basically just kind of laying their hands on each other. You know, nobody's, you know, being forceful either with the jam or, uh, you know, in Mim's case, with knocking it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, he works back vertical, which I, I do agree. That's actually a great attribute to have, even though he's bowing out, you know, or bowing in a little bit. Yeah. Just, you know, he tries to get back vertical immediately. Um, would just like to stick, see him stick that break, you know, a little flatter. Um, and part of that is because he's bowing, so now he's the whole route ends up being rounded off, you know, just because of the way that he's bowing. Um, that and you know, shortening the steps a little bit, you know, coming back, you know, there's that long step again, and he actually kind of hops into that one, to tell you the truth, you know, when he's crossing the DB's face. You see that right there, instead of just boom, boom, you know, and exploding underneath, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of he kind of hopped into it and then got into the break, you know, you want just want the footwork to be a little cleaner. Um, and the, the break to be a little bit flatter, you know, when doing that. Yeah, and it was something, again, that I noted. Uh, I don't think it's a lack of, of power or anything like that or, or his, his kind of his stature limits. I don't think it's that, that his stature limits him. I think it's technicality. So yeah. um, it's something, again, that he didn't have to do a lot of different routes at Baylor. And, again, I'm confident with his wide receiver coach uh, that he will be able to clean this stuff up because – um, I think he's, he's shown the ability to do it on certain reps. Uh, this is what I call it. This is just a bump cut. Like he's just working, he's just working into guy, throwing him backwards and then yeah. cutting in on the slant. That's what I call a bump cut. 
And uh, again, I think there's, there's a little bit more leniency in that five-yard contact window for the DB to touch him. Again, mm-hmm. this might get called in the NFL. It might not. It depends on who, you, who, who your refing staff is that week. Um, bump cuts him. Um, one of the things that I noticed too, and uh, again, I think this is something important to notice and we're being nitpicky or, or pointing out little things. I think that's what people want. I don't think you should be, because a lot of people, I'm not kidding. I'll see it on Twitter. Oh, physical route, nice catch. And then that's their, that's their, that's their, their uh, <laughs> extent of it. And they get a thousand retweets, which I think is crazy. Um, the one thing that I do like about his game as well is he really shows good um, hands in terms of catching the ball. Like I, he does have some focus drops. Last year was actually lower than both Judy and Lamb. It was a little bit overstated. But I like his technique with his hands. He, you always see his, his, his hands tighter to the ball. You see yep. a lot of guys who will clap it or come wide. Um, and you want to see it more of, like, like I said, like that, that diamond. You want to see more of the, the initial contact with the ball being the fingertips and the finger, it could roll into the hands. You don't want to see it, you know, hands where your fingertips aren't extended to the ball because then it's a lot of, okay, it bounces off your palms. I like how his hands are always tight and he catches the nose of the ball. He doesn't catch the, the middle of the ball or the backside of the ball. Right. If you get contacted after you catch the ball like that, it's going to drop more. So I like how he catches the tip of the ball. Um, nice tuck here then, and then, and then run. What else are you seeing or anything to, to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I like, I mean, I, I mean, this is nitpicking. You wouldn't, you'd like to see, not to see the, the false step. So he starts with, I guess he's with the, the right foot up, but he brings it back slightly and then starts yes. again. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you kind of want to take that away. Mm-hmm. But I like the counter. Like, okay, you think I'm going, you know, doing my normal release, and then boom. You know, I use my, you know, I use my, my ability and my, my, you know, his wingspan, get into DB's chest, you know, push him away, mm-hmm. you know, and finish the route. I mean, I, I like that. He's, he needs to implement that a lot more. You know, use that counter, especially as big as he is. <clears throat> you know, use that as one of your, you know, as one of his counters, you know, in the route. And I do agree. And he displayed this, you know, the whole time that I've, you know, his, you know, his career, you know, while I was watching him, he does a good job of catching the point, you know, is what, you know, wide receiver coaches, mm-hmm. uh, you know, teach. You know, you want to catch the point of the ball. So that's why when you see him, you know, he's got good size hands, you know, they're always tight, making that diamond, you know, kind of shape that, that you're looking for because, you know, your focus is, you know, you're looking at the point of the ball, and that's what you want to catch. Uh, so he does. He actually does a really good job of doing that. Um, you know, and I like the way that he snags. You know, he snatches the ball mm-hmm. on, on a lot, all of his catches. You know, he doesn't just kind of ease into it. Like he goes and, and attacks the ball. Yeah. You know, bring it in. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something I think worth noting because again, if you catch the midpoint of that ball, that's when that's when it squirts through your hands. That's when if you right. don't have a strong grip on it, you know, DBs like yourself, Marcus, who are you're, you're a bigger, stronger guy. Um, and if you, and if he hits and if you hit him when he's catching that ball, if he's catching the midpoint of the back of the ball, he's not going to be able to, to, to bring it in, um, right. at least consistently, as consistently as you want to see. Um, okay. Hold on. I, I have the window a little bit over. So uh, another similar release shuffle mm-hmm. release right here, um, works immediately to the outside, squares up the guy. He's threatening to, he's threatening two ways. I've said it plenty of times, um, reading the guy and how he's playing the corner gets to the outside. Again, he, he does bow it out pretty, pretty far. Uh, not, not actually not as bad this one. And again, another push by that's, that's really, and that field goal post is in a way for a lot of it. Right. Um, but this is where you see that strength again at the top of that, at the top of that route where you're just throwing the guy by <laughs> the DB is literally sliding to his ass because yeah. of how strong Mims is. Mims comes back to the ball. Um, at least it seems like, again, I can't see, uh, but it, it looks like he does and he finishes the reps. So, um, Pretty similar to the last couple of plays we've seen. Right. Yeah. And like I said, this is something he's done his, his entire career. Um, you know, and, and 
and as you brought up earlier, you know, his draft tree wasn't, you know, that expanded at Baylor. You know, he, he himself, you know, just in the position that he played, he probably ran for really four routes, you know, to tell you the truth. You know, yeah. slant, slant, um, you know, probably some deep overs, obviously he ran go routes, you know, things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, his route tree isn't that expanded. So, honestly, the really the four or five routes that he's, you know, been running, you know, even in just in the film that we've been seeing, he's good at that because he's had so much work in it because that's all he does. Um, you know, so now it'll be up to him to learn – running curls, um, you know, stutter goals, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, digs, you know, things like that, you know, shallow. I mean, obviously they run shallow drags at Baylor because uh, everybody runs mesh. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, that stuff he's good at, you know, but just some of the, the you know, the curl routes, you know, things like that is, is what he's going to have to really work at getting good at. Yeah. Um, and he was, and it's kind of an interesting projection for him because he's, he has some trouble, like not trouble getting off a of press. But like I said, he, he needs to be more ready to, to defeat the hands and be more uh, kind of not, not decisive. Like he has to manipulate more of the, of the DB, but mm-hmm. I feel like a Z, I, I feel like he's not necessarily a Z either because it's, it's a little bit more like layered concepts with Z's where an X is like backside isolated. Um, right. So it's going to be interesting to see where they, where they play him because he can run those posts like an X does, you know, um, but he also might be pressed more as an X. So it's going to be, that's going to be interesting to see where they, where they do play him because Perryman is, a, I think, an X type guy too, speed to take it over the top. But I think he can also fit into Z just because he has more um, experience running routes. Because like you said, like, yeah, fades, slants, posts, nines, uh, you know, crossers, but like there wasn't a lot of like the diverse stuff you see in the NFL, like double moves and uh, like a like a Colorado out or a whip route or you know right. jerk route. Like there's not a lot of stuff that he was asked to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Isn't it going to be interesting to see where they play him again? This is another like su- another subtle push off at the end here on this on this route, Marcus. And again, it's it's pretty similar. Shuffle release gets to the outside. Um, he he works back inside to stack them. Which I, which I like, and I don't think this gets called. This is this was no. really subtle. Yeah, they're not. But a nice it. little, nice a little push off. Like maybe if I'm slowing it down, it doesn't look. Um, it makes makes it look a little bit more, um, kind of dramatic, I guess, whatever. But that was pretty subtle. I, I like that push off again as he as he tracks the ball and fades to the outside. Um, one handed catch, obviously. Would you yeah. like to see him try to bring this in with two hands? I mean, no, just catch it. I don't care. <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, I mean, no, as long as he, you know, as long as he catches it, you know, based off, you know, and, and the ball's in a good spot, you know, it's hot outside, yeah. know, which is where you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, you know, no, I don't care how he catches it. As long as he catches okay. it and, you know, especially in this position, you know, he's fine. But I definitely do like the, the push off, the subtle push off. They're not going to call that because in real time, it looks like he's just running normally. Exactly. Wingspan, he really looks like he's just kind of running. You know, and you don't, you know, unless you're really looking for the push off, you know, most refs aren't going to see that. Yeah, there's no, I, I think that doesn't get, I don't, I don't think that's, that, yeah, that gets called. That's not getting called at all, you know, and I think that's, that's good. You know, he does a good job. He doesn't extend the arm, you know, it's still bent, you know, within his frame. So that's why I said it looks mm-hmm. like he's still running. Yeah, and he does a good job adjusting to the ball. Yeah, and I don't care how he catches it, you know. So, yeah, toes, so feet, I don't care. I I uh I told you twenty. I I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak in another play here because I want to see what you thought about this. And it's and it's and it's. I think we talked about this before. Maybe uh, wide receiver blocking. Mm-hmm. 
it makes a difference to me when I watch this on film because I think guys who are not going to block kind of like I think people who do block show the dedication to the team. They show that they're tough. They're not they're not showing that they're soft, and it makes a difference. Okay, if the if the receiver if the, obviously the running back's going to break to you, you're you're blocking this guy. But something that I like that he does, and I brought up last show, and people are probably like laughing and whatever you know they I I didn't I don't know that, but the thing that I like that he does with his blocking is he really pulls his pelvis into guys. And he, and he gets his arms inside, and he pulls you t- towards him. And I don't know if – and I want to see if you agree with me. A lot of receivers, you know, they'll, they'll extend, but they won't, right. they won't pull their pelvis in. And it leads to a lot of holding calls. So I, I was saying it last week that when you're pulling him in tight, you're, the refs don't see as much of the d- dramatic, you know, ripping of the arms back and forth, which shows holding, the jersey tugging. And he pulls his pelvis in again to reduce that, that area that he has to cover, and he kind of lets him pull him in tighter because obviously, like, I, I think I compared it last week, like, okay, try to hold a gallon of milk with your arms extended or try to hold a gallon of milk t- tight to your body, you can hold a gallon right. of milk tighter to your body. So um, what, do you, what do you see from like this? Do you, do you agree it's like, really important to pull them in tight, pull your pelvis in, et cetera? And, and what, do you, like, what do you think it means for a wide receiver to block? Like, what does that show you about that receiver? Um, well, I mean, honestly, just from – and I'll answer the second question first. Um, to me, when I see wide receiver block, you know, a wide receiver blocking, obviously it does – it shows commitment to not just your game, but the, mm-hmm. the success, you know, of the offense, you know, yep. overall. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to – you know, Keyshawn and Wayne Corbett blocked all the damn time. I mean, literally, <laughs> like, I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about they, they had just as many pancakes as old Lama did. I'm t- and they were serious about blocking. It wasn't just, okay, let me get in front of you. Like, they were really trying to, mm-hmm. you know, really trying to take your soul when they blocked you. Like, it, and it was, you know, and it's cool to see that, you know. And, I, and, it, and here's the thing that a lot of people don't think about. And Q used to do this a lot, a lot more than Keyshawn did. When you are known as a good blocker and – you can give the appearance that you're coming to block me. That's another counter move for you running routes mm-hmm. now. And Q used to be really good at that. So, you know, we get a couple of running plays and Q be, you know, get into the guy's chest, get into the guy's, the guy's chest. And then Q would come off with kind of a similar move, like he's coming to block the guy. The guy's getting ready to prepare for a block, and then Q takes off. Mm-hmm. And he's gone on a, you know, on a pass play. It actually adds another element to the route running. But, yeah. you know, it shows that, it, that shows that toughness, shows that you're – you know, that you're, you know, dedicated and committed to team success. And, and the reason why you want to get in, and it's no different than the O-line, and the reason why you want to get inside the, the defensive back's, you know, chest and, you know, kind of pull them to them. So now you have the control, mm-hmm. you can establish a position, you basically can work the DB whichever way you want to. So now, and just like in the clip, you know, I know you already clicked off of it. Oh, yeah. He literally was taking the DB anywhere he wanted to. He you drove them all the way out of bounds. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he has control, and especially with his size, um, you know, going against some of the smaller DBs, he's going to wear them out every single time. Yeah, I think it, you make a great – and I, I like how you worded it too because I, I literally said that last week, and I've said it multiple times. It shows me dedication to the team. Like, it does. Um, there's a lot of guys who don't like to block, and they're, okay, oh, my block – you know, my I just have to get in front of you. That's my assignment for this play. I don't care. But I think, like and, – and, you know, I'm sure you would you agree with this. As a – when you were a veteran and you weren't so young anymore um, – seeing receivers who, who would come in and block like as rookies and stuff like I'm sure you respected them a little bit more too so yeah. I, I think it earns him points with his team um and it, and it legitimately does help so let's see let's see this play um this is where I talk about like sometimes he I would like to see him be a little bit more ready for the hands you, you see him especially when a guy is like really up close and pressed there's sometimes where he, he's kind of doing a lot with his feet um mm-hmm. but he's but his hands aren't ready and you can see it get caught in the chest right here and it really obviously uh kind of jolts them backwards so I like to see him more ready for the hands there um 
I do like how he bends it back into him, pushes off of like the the ribs right there, um, and breaks inside. There's a clear hold right here. I don't know if that's get that get called either. That's, you have to have good eyes to see that um, yeah. in full speed, obviously. But again, I like the end right here. Again, really, you know, pretty tight hands. They could be a little, maybe a little bit more tight, but still relatively tight. Catches the nose of the ball, um, tucks it in away from the DB where he feels the DB, and I believe he finishes the rep here too. I like how he, oh, he's always finishing reps. So yeah, I do too. Well, here's it, and this is just one of the little things he's going to have to work on, um, especially if he's going to do that, you know, get even split release. He's got to be prepared to, you know, get charged up because a lot of DBs at this level, especially the good ones that are studying, they're going to attack him immediately when, once they mm -hmm. see that. Uh, you know, that's just what they're going to do. Um, so, the, you know, the DB from, I think, this hour, I mean, the plan is good. Yeah. You know, go ahead and attack him. The only thing that he didn't do was he didn't move his feet, you know, and keep going. You know, you got that step and he locked himself out and he didn't continue to move backwards or whatever. But Mims has got to be, you know, prepared, you know, to get Charles up because he's going to get that. But the difference between a lot of these, you know, a lot of the NFL DBs is they're going to stay square once, you know, they attack him. Um, so they'll still be, you know, over the top of him and in mm -hmm. front of him a little bit. So he's got to be, you know, he's got to prepare for that, you know, and just be, and like you said, have his hands ready. You, you can't have your hands on your knees, you know, against the guy in press. You got to have your hands up in front of you, you know, it's almost like boxing. You got to be ready mm -hmm. to throw a counter once you take, you know, take whatever punch you take. So, uh, you know, but those are little things that he's got to get better at and work on. No, what, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just being like an asshole, but what is it about like NFL <laughs> college? I don't know if it's the DB coach. I don't know what it is, but why do so many college players play with their hands basically be tied behind their back? They open up immediately and press. Like if you're going to play, if you're not going to get your hands on and press, then just, just play seven to nine yards off of them and, and read the quarterback's drop. Like at least do something. But why are a lot of guys, they, they back up, don't get their hands on and open up right away. Like I see it from all the college GB, like most of them, I, I would say. It's, it's really frustrating to watch that. So um, when he did face the, the guys who would get their hands on him, he, he would struggle a little bit because he wasn't ready for those hands. He didn't manipulate the hips and the feet as much as he should have. But right. again, there's been enough flashes. It's not like he's never done it. So um, – Again, pretty pretty similar right here, and a little bit of like that that false step that you were talking about. You like maybe yeah. like to see him drive right off the ball, but okay, he's trying to get inside, whatever. Um, bends it back into him. Another. This is this is an interesting break uh, break for me because he's he's bending inside where he wants to go, and then he works into that blind spot with the head fake again, probably mm. too far outside of his frame. I, I think you would agree with that. Yep. Um, and then works back up. Now the quarterback could hit him obviously pretty easily and he, and he throws a bad ball. But what do you, what do you see from this rep? It was, it was interesting that he gets inside to fake back outside to get back inside, uh, you know, again on this rep. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, to tell you the truth, it, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand the thinking. I mean, you want to show obviously to what you're trying to do. Um, the problem here is, is that because the DB opened up inside already and he threw him inside, he almost took him right to where he wanted to go. Yeah, um, you know, so that's you know that's kind of where, you know, and he had a plan and that's fine. You know, sometimes you know the plan isn't always perfect, but uh, you know that's you know what happens. You know, to be honest with you, you know it's it's, you know it's more of just because of what the DB's reaction was and him throwing him inside. You know, kind of led to that. That he you know because the DB didn't have an opportunity to flip back outside. Usually, if he throws you know inside. Obviously, most people, if the DB is on balance, you know, he may, you know, try to speed turn or, you know, have an opportunity mm -hmm. to flip his hips and get back outside and he can work back inside. But since the DB just stayed there, uh, it looks like he didn't really do anything. 
you know, so it, that was more just the reaction of the DB. You know, but I like the plan, though, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah, he does. He he does create that 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 false step, obviously, right right there with the with the DB flipping back outside. But right, and and, he, and honestly, listen, like it might have not been perfect, but if the quarterback leads him like he should, then it's a touchdown. Yes, it's you know, touchdown, yeah. Right. So you can the only reason I nitpick and people say I've seen stuff like people a lot of people re- appreciate the reviews, but oh, you're nitpicky. It it's because in the NFL, all of that matters. It it really <laughs> does. So. Um, it's things to look at. So here he goes with the, uh, the stretch release right here, which is a little, you can call it a get even too, but when they're just going to bring that outside foot, stretch him outside and then come inside. That's, that's what I call a stretch release. So stretch release, um, defeats the hands again, another little subtle. So he, so he defeats the hands and you can see the left hand come back again to wipe out that hand. So I, I like that. I definitely like the hand fighting right there. Yeah. Wiping that out. Um, again, extension to the ball brings it in. Uh, DB, I don't know if you, if, 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 when you were watching this or if you were scouting or a coach, I want to see the DB finish this. I don't like how he gives up right there. Oh, yeah. No, you got to finish this. At least go in and try to punch the ball out. Exactly. So, yeah. what are you seeing from this? The only thing I would say, um, you know, while he's hand fighting is just more of instead of hand fighting and swiping sideways, down. Yeah, coming over the top. So, yeah. Like right here, boom. So over the top, he really, you know, if he comes over the top here and gets the DB's hands off, it's, it's definitely over at this point. And he, he can actually get more vertical if he does that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having it go sideways another two or three steps, um, you know, and obviously and then work his way in. If he works on, you know, coming over the top more when he's swiping, you know, during the hand fighting, you know, I think that'll help. And it, it, it turns into a natural running motion. You know, that's why – Obviously, when you you see a lot of guys and they're swiping and they're running and they swipe over the top because it puts you right back in basically in the holder, you know, it puts your elbow right back in the shoot, you know, yeah, so because of a natural, mm-hmm. you no, know, a natural motion. Yeah, and, and you're throwing and you're throwing the the DB's momentum down too if you're if you're chopping right. down, so it's gonna be harder for them to recover. Again, uh, with the with this step too, I didn't mention it first. I a little bit too far outside of his frame. You can yeah. almost see it with his ankle, where his it, like a flexible ankle, but his shoe is down while his ankle is kind of bending into it. That's not the best in terms of uh, creating power out of that when you're, you're – it looks like you almost broke your ankle kind of, you know, basically yeah. to say it in simple terms. So a little bit too far outside of his frame. Uh, only got a couple plays left. We're on play 51 of uh, 57, so let's, let's run through these. Um, I think this is the last play of the – actually, it might not be. The last play, this is a fade. All right, so let's watch that release again. It's it's it, uh, again. He uses these a lot. These these these. Shu- I wouldn't really call this a, a shuffle or a dead leg because his his feet are even. But it's more of like a get even. Just hops towards him. Eat right. up. He's eating up ground. Um, assessing the DB breaks outside. You, I think you'd bring this up again. It kind of applies. You know, it's a different route. You'd like to see him probably de- defeat the hands downwards and chop yep. down instead of how he is right there. Right. Um, but he tracks the ball again. And this is where you see that those four, you know, and he's not in full, actually he's fully extended here. This is where 34 inch arms help. <laughs> like mm, yeah. not a lot of guys can do that. A lot of guys don't have this body. And there was plays that I showed even better in this earlier in the season, Marcus, I'm sure you played it. Like you know, you've seen it, seeing, uh, watching a lot of Baylor, his body control and his ability to pluck balls outside of his frame is ridiculous. And 34 yeah. inch arms is a really big advantage for both getting off a of press, catching balls, 
um, being able to box guys out. It's it's really really you know nice to see that that trait with with him. But uh, what do you think overall about this uh, this fade? Yeah, overall, I mean, only the only one thing I would say is just chopping down. Uh, mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, you know, this is what he you know he's done most of his career. You know, I think he's gonna help his, Sam Donald out a lot in uh, in the red oh, zone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially on these kind of throws, you know, back shoulders. Um, and now when you, when you have a guy like this and we're talking about phase, you know, we're talking, you know, specifically about phase now, now you have, I mean, you really have about four options now. So you have regular fade over the top. You've got this where it's high into the pylon where he can go get it. You've got regular back shoulder and you've got back shoulder where, you know, Samuel put the ball maybe a full yard out of bounds and he can, you know, because his arms are long enough where he can go get it, you know, so you've really, you really expanded, you know, yeah, that was going pretty far out of, out of bounds here, based on the trajectory. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, that one's going pretty far out of bounds. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's that's literally going. That's probably going to land where the ref is if the yeah. ball. If, yeah, but you know, and I'm talking about more, you know, back shoulder, you know, immediate back shoulder. I mean, you can probably throw it, you know, a full yard or so out of bounds now, and he can go get it. You know, so you've given yourself three more different options, you know, three extra options of where you can put the ball, you mm-hmm. know, in, in regards to just on phase, and that's just you know one aspect of. It. Yeah, I, I I don't think like again, route running needs work, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited he fell to 59 for the Jets. Um, so here and and something I really liked. I don't know if I'm gonna bring this play up later, um, but I showed it in a different um, in a different play. I forget what play it was, but he used it. This is what I call the dead leg, bringing that front foot up, and then he's just gonna for for movements after just to stay with his feet um, as as they are instead of obviously bringing up that left foot after the right foot. So dead leg release, he um, again squares the he's really he gets outside leverage, squares the guy up, defeats the inside arm again. We'd like to see it a little bit cleaner because it, it does land in his chest right here, and you can see yeah. it screws him up a little bit. So a little bit cleaner right there, chopped down like you've been like you've been mentioning. Um, but he gets open on that slant. Obviously, this this guy is in the throwing window, so he doesn't throw it. The, the linebacker, um, whatever zone he he may be playing. Um, <coughs> So what do you what are you seeing from me? I, I like the release. I like the dead leg to get him to get him to open up a little bit. You can see him not fully open his hips, but he he starts to angle his hips off to the outside. Um, but I like to see the hands defeat. I'm sure you're you're going to bring that up. It's something you've brought up yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, obviously, like see the hand defeat a little bit more over the top. The only thing I would say here is right here, the good DBs in the NFL, he's going to get punched. Like right there, there's me more. There. He's going to get punched. Somebody's going to. Yeah, like if you he does open his chest up. Yeah, he's opening his chest up. So if you're, especially if you're playing the good ones, if you're playing like the Petersons or AJ Bouyers or, uh, I mean, even you know Sherman or. Well, look at the guys in the Jets division: Tre'Davious White, yeah, Tre'Davious White, yeah, Gilmore. You know, yeah, Gilmore. Like he's gonna get punched. Well, now we have uh, you have uh, Byron Jones too, and uh, who's the the Dolphins' other corner? Oh, Xavier Howard. Yeah, they're they just have good corners. Yeah, so you in a division. Yeah, so he's gonna get. That's the only thing that I would say is staying a little bit lower when he's when he's doing that because if not, he's gonna get punched. And especially with some of the bigger ones like Byron, Xavier Howard, Tre'Davious is a little white. I mean, white is a little smaller. <laughs> Tre'Davious is a little white. <laughs> yeah, I meant to say he's a little light, but he's smaller, so he may be able to get away with that. But when you face some of the bigger corners, and they get into his chest, uh-huh. it, it you know that's gonna cause a problem. And so. and. I brought it up too, and people were like, "Oh well, you're saying he can't be an X." I think he could definitely be an X, but he he needs to work the hips and and the feet more of the DB, and he needs to defeat the hands. So people are like, "No, he didn't struggle with press at all." 
you're clearly seeing Marcus that he, he did it at times. He, he struggled oh, yeah. with certain aspects of press. Right. So the thing I did like, and again, I don't know if I, I brought this up coming after this, but he did the same exact thing later in the game where he shows his dead leg and the corner really fights to stay inside again. And he releases to the outside and, and gets, a t- I believe it's a touchdown off of it. So I, I like that he's already understanding the chess game. Right. Um, like you said, with wide receiver blocking guys, you know, maybe get into their heels a little bit, expecting the block, and then they, they cut inside, whatever it may be. Um, so he just shows the understanding of that a little bit. Play 53. Um, I, I guess this, I, I label it as another dead leg. So let's see. He's on the bottom of the screen, obviously highlighted. This is clearly from YouTube. Um, okay, so, so this is pretty similar. This is not exactly the play I was talking about before, but another dead leg. Yeah. DB's fighting to stay inside. Yeah. And he releases vertically. Um, and, and honestly, this is the – I watched it back. Um, I remember when I was in this review. This is the same DB that he just beat inside. Right. So this, this is the example I was talking about. So another dead leg, he fights to stay inside, and he just – he takes the open hip. And again yeah, – I mean, yeah, if the DB's going to open a gate like that, he makes it easy for him. Like, and if you look – if you look at it compared to the, some of the guys, you know, at the senior bowl uh, as compared to this, you see he's not necessarily bowing out as much. Because the yeah. he's already opened, you know, opened the gate. So now he's just mirroring, mirroring, and letting him run. And, um, you know, you know, I don't, you know, especially Texas, you know, they've got guys that can run. But when you just open the gate and you're moving backwards and you're letting a guy that's just as fast or faster than you. They're going to take that hip all day. Oh, yeah. You're going to take mm-hmm. that all day, yeah. And so now you're playing catch up. Again, does a good job snagging the ball out of the air. I, yeah. really, love, I really love that about him. Like, and again, I didn't even notice this the first time. That little subtle push off again. He's really yeah. good with little subtle hand movements and, yeah. and hands. That was that was great. The body control, the tracking of this ball. Yeah. Uh, he 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 claps it a little bit, but he still catches it. Like he did his job. You're not gonna be able to catch it with perfect technique every single time. But um, I really I didn't even notice that the first time. I don't know, but that that little push off right there is really really nice mm-hmm. again. It's really yeah. Because it doesn't look, it doesn't look like he does anything really, but I mean, it does, you know. Of, but it does, yeah. Right there, you see that little, yeah. That yeah. that 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 inch in the NFL means so damn much. Yep. So great play, I. I he's exciting. So uh, I think three plays left. Let's let's see. Play fifty four. Oh, sorry, we have four plays left. Play fifty four. Um, let's see what this one is. He's uh to the right side of the screen right here. I said shuffle release again. Let's see what it is. Okay. Ooh, yep. Yeah, got, he widened him. He widened <laughs> yeah, him, took yeah, that inside. Yeah. Yep. And these hands again, like, so, and I want to talk, I, when, I, when I replay, I want you to talk about the release a little bit too, but um, the DB is really, he's, he's trying to chop those arms down. He's trying to, de- de- to uh, you know, defeat his arms to not let him bring that cat, the, the ball. I like how he's able to tuck this into himself and, and catch that ball. It's not an easy catch when a guy's going to chop down your arm no, like that. Not at all. So it shows me no, some hand strength. Yeah, that just shows you how strong he is. You know, it just shows you how the hand strength. And, you know, when you're snagging the ball out of the air like that and you're attacking it, you know, most, especially a lot of, you know, a lot of receivers that have strong hands like this, they do that naturally. That's why for him, it just looks effortless when he does it. Like he naturally attacks the ball and, and his hands and everything are so strong. Uh, you know, it's able for him to bring, you know, bring balls like this and be able to withstand the, the pressure from the DB coming over the top trying to knock it out. Yeah, and if and if he didn't catch the tip of this ball again, he catches the tip of it. If this was the midpoint of the ball or the or the back end of the ball, he probably is not able to bring this in. So, um, right. another thing that he does too is I, I like when he after he, when he catches balls, he he's quick to tuck it into himself. Yeah, he doesn't he he really he he works on that a lot. Yeah. Um So what and then what with the release? Um, pretty da- pretty pretty nice with that shuffle release to widen him out and take the inside. I think. 
Yeah, he does a good job. Yeah, and I don't know if the DB is supposed to be holding the outside leverage because um, he looks like he's head up. You can't really tell what he's playing, but yeah, DB doesn't do. You know, he doesn't put any you know, any hands on him or anything. But again, does a good job attacking him. Seventy percent of college DBs should just play with their hands tied behind their backs. Apparently, yeah. for, during their first phase of press, because I don't get why that happens all the time. They just do not want to punch guys. Nope. They don't. Um, it's it, I see it like it's it was crazy. Especially like I was watching Judy film. Like there's no chance. You don't have a chance if you're not gonna if you're gonna play um, press on him and not get your hands on. They're right. Just, and if you open your hips, like either they're going to take that hip and run vertical or they're going to, they're going to fake that they're taking that hip and then break back underneath you because your hips are already open. Exactly. Um, so there you go. Pr- yeah, pretty similar play, <laughs> uh, shuffle release, like a fo- shuffle release foot fire gets outside, but he really fires those feet, those feet pumps, those arms gets inside. Um, the, the quarterback doesn't see him. Um, but he's obviously, he's obviously open right here. So, yeah. And one thing that, you know, they would, I have seen throughout this film is when he is, you know, especially the, the film that you've shown of the actual games, go back in and watch as soon as the DB's hips slightly turn, he's making his move, you know, back across right now. Mm-hmm. And look where, look where his head is. He's looking at the DB's hips. So Good he's point. making his move. As soon as the yeah. DB slightly cocks, as soon as you get that tilt, boom, foot in the ground, he's gone now. Cause he knows, he knows that he hasn't locked out already. Yeah, and this is the thing that, again, I'm not saying he can't beat Press because he shows it, but if he refines it more, I think he could be a legit receiver. Like, the thing – and I don't know if you agree with me on this. Uh, I'm curious. Um, I think in terms of what he's shown on film, I think he could – and, again, this could be a complete reach. I think he could be the best D, uh, receiver in the class. Like, there's plenty of DBs – I mean, I mean cor- uh, receivers who are drafted in the second round, uh, Michael Thomas and all that, who are the best receivers in the, in the NFL – um now i think judy is the best receiver clearly to me but judy doesn't i don't think he's ever going to be that julio jones odell beckham type guy because i just don't think he has the the size to do it um or like the like odell is not the biggest guy but he's just ridiculous in terms of his athleticism like judy's a good athlete but not odell beckham um in terms of being like the legit true number one like he he looks like a guy who could be a aj green legit top five top ten type receiver where i think judy could be too but he's more of like a stefan diggs keenan allen type guy to make do you do you agree with that like if he reaches his ceiling mims that he could be a a top notch type receiver like that yeah no i think he can i mean because i mean honestly just with his frame even now um and i mean obviously he's raw and yeah. he's nowhere near the level that this that uh this kid is, but like Mike Williams in San Diego, uh-huh. that's kind of who he looks like. You and know, he's, and he runs a lot faster than Mike Williams too. Yeah, he's faster than Mike Williams. Now, obviously, Mike Williams is an excellent route runner. If you've seen some of his yeah. routes, they're like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, he has the ability to be a top five receiver. Um, uh, just physically, mm-hmm. you know, with his athleticism, if he refines, you know, his tools, uh, you know footwork you know hands things like that he could be a top five and honestly for him just because of his size and the way that he you know his the way his game is kind of shaping out he probably needs to go watch you know like Larry Fitzgerald film you know kind of you know he needs you know they're similar size um obviously he's faster than Fitzgerald um you know you know Larry's you know a 4-4 guy obviously he's doing a 4-3 but he needs to go watch somebody like Larry where the body you know you know, from an anatomical, uh, you know, posi- you know, spot perspective, they're the same. Long arms, big body, obviously speed. He's going to have to work with that. You know, understand how to use that. But 
that's probably who he needs to watch in knowing how to attack receivers off press, using his hands, flattening out routes, you know, the mm-hmm. angles, things like that. I would that's what I would have him watch. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I'd have him watch a fifth year old, you know, somebody like that. Yeah, committing to his breaks. So yeah, he he'll he'll lean out of his breaks. His eyes will snap out early. Where that if you're taking like that second stop step on like a comeback, you really want to see that those eyes attached to that to that last foot, um, that stop step because then you're going to start to lean your body out. And if you're leaning your body out when you're trying when your body's trying to to break yourself, um, you're not throwing your full momentum into the ground, which you really need to do. You need to take advantage of that ground and slam your body into it. So, um, again, watching guys like Larry Fitzgerald. Having his wide receiver coach, who he is, uh, his son was one of the best route runners in the entire nation um, mm-hmm. in Van Jefferson. So it's, it's, it's positive. But this is the, one of the most ridiculous catches I think he had. I think this is probably his number one ridiculous catch. Um, gosh. Yeah. This, I mean. the, and he gets, his, he gets his foot in. I, I made sure. Um, now, is this a catch in the NFL? Maybe not. Because I think that, I think that left nah, foot or it, the right foot's it. out of bounds. Yeah. But the spring – is ridiculous that catch is absurd yeah and i mean but this is what i was talking about you know when i was uh you know giving examples of the fade route you really give yourself uh, like two more options you know where you can put the ball you know in in regards to placement i mean you can i mean really you can put the ball anywhere with this kid like you really can i mean look where this ball is this ball is if they, if they let this ball go, this it's ball is hit behind this guy the bench. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's going, you know, almost, you know, if it stays you know, on the trajectory, it's going behind all of those coaches in the front, you know, second row or something like that. And the funny thing is he could have caught it, like, uh, you can't, it's, it's out of the screen because his, ar- his arms, and he has that really, like, it's, like a, it's like a secondary ability to not just extend, but then you kind of see him arches back and he gets his arms up even higher. It's not just, it's not just extending to the ball. He really is able to right. bring his arms up. He could catch ball so far outside of his frame. I'm sure if this ball was out of the screen right here, he probably catches this. He probably so, catches it, yeah. And look at that, no, that, no that vertical in game with his legs straight is ridiculous. And then the yeah. body control and the awareness of the sideline to be able to look down at his feet now, it looks like he peeks at his feet, yeah. and see the sideline and then get his foot in, that is, that's one of the most ridiculous catches of the 2019 season, in my opinion. Yeah, easy. Easy. I mean, I don't... I can't see the route and how, how that all went because, again, it's broadcast, but just talking about the catch point, but that yeah, is ridiculous. It's just, it's just back shoulder is all it is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but it's, it's a great... It's, I mean, it's really a spectacular catch. And, again... For somebody in college to have the body control that he does, you know, and the awareness that he does of, you know, what he can do and, and how to use his arms and using everything is really phenomenal. You know, mm-hmm. especially, for, you know, for somebody, you know, being a rookie, you know, he's, he's really more than halfway on his way. You know, there's just some smaller things that he needs to refine. And, I mean, he really could turn into a top five receiver. Do so – like, why did he fall to 59? I don't, I don't get it. Watching his film, I don't understand how a guy who I think has all the tools. And again, we're, we're, we're critiquing some things in press. You know, you know, you're talking about, okay, his foot getting too wide. He can't break off of his hands. But those things are all really fixable. It's not, it's not like he doesn't show the ability to, to do that on some reps. So I don't know why he fell. I don't know why guys like Van Jefferson were picked over him. I don't know why guys like – I think KJ Hamler's – obviously – yeah, there's offensive fit. What do they want? They want a slot guy. Okay, maybe there's a better slot guy than Mims, but I don't get how he felt to the end of round two. I get it was a good wide receiver class, but I really, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either, to be honest with you. I mean, everybody has their favorites. You know, it's just kind of the thing. And, you know, what, it just depends on, um, you know, what teams are looking for in regards to like route running and things mm-hmm. like that. And, and 
you know, and even that doesn't make sense sometimes, you know, just like the point you brought up earlier about Oakland. I mean, I don't know if, if, you know, if Ruggs fit, I mean, just because he's such a vertical threat, you know, mm-hmm. in, you know, Oakland runs a more, you know, horizontal, you know, West coast game, yeah. you know, where's he going to fit, you know, kind of deal. So, you know, it's really just, you know, that's the thing about the draft. You never know what, you know, the scouts are thinking, uh, you know, what they're, you know, what they're looking for specifically. Um, and then the head coach could, you know, really just because they like a guy, get up on the table and, and stand up and, you know, this is the guy that I want, you know, kind of deal, you know, regardless of if he's there or not. You know, there are a lot of things that go into it. So he, I mean, honestly, Mims couldn't have done anything, you know, but just be Mims, you know, to tell you the truth. But, you know, sometimes that's just how, how it works out in the draft. And everybody's, like I said, they, everybody has their favorites. And, you know, but fortunately for the Jets, you know, he fell. Um, you know, because I, like, you know, I thought he was better than, uh, what's the kid's, Chanel. Um, yeah, I want to bring up the receivers. Uh, so you um, have, so, so Marcus, you okay. have, um, you have Henry Ruggs, you have Jerry Judy, you have CeeDee Lamb, mm-hmm. you have Rager, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, T Higgins, I, which I, I, I don't like him nearly as much as I like, I like, no. uh, um, Mims. You have Michael Pittman, you have LaVisca Chenault, you have KJ Hamler, you have Chase Claypool from, from right. Pitt, which I don't get at all. Again, Van Jefferson, we're all picked over him. I like guys like T Higgins, like he's not nearly the physical specimen that, 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 uh, Mims was like, it's, it's really confusing. Even Pittman, like Pittman is like a big, like he can box you out type guy, but in terms of athletic ability, I don't think clo- like he's not really close. So yeah, I don't I mean, get how I, he wasn't I, a first round pick. Yeah. I don't either. And I like T Higgins. I don't like him. I like Mims better. Obviously I do like Mims better than Pittman. Uh, like him better than Chanel. Um, I guess the one that I would probably be on the fence about would be Jalen. Um, I like the a lot too. Yeah. But I, but I mean, I like Jay, you know, you know, not just because I know his dad, but I, I truly just like Jalen oh, as a okay. receiver. Um, you know, you know, I, I he play plays. He's he's five eleven, but he plays like he's six two, and he's a really good Dude, route yeah, runner. He, yeah, he he really does. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he, re, he truly does. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, with a lot of these other receivers, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Ruggs, Judy, Ceedee Lamb, um, you know, Mims. You know, I I think they were all kind of together. You know, Rager. I think they were kind of all. You know, I thought they were all, you know, kind of the cream of the, you know, the top six or top yeah, seven. But then I, everybody I, else was kind of after that. Is mm-hmm. what I is kind of was my opinion. I thought Justin, Je- I thought I thought it was obviously those big three, and I think Justin Jefferson, Rager, and Mims were the next that that tier two, but really good. Like, but like I said, and like you said, I think he has the ability to be a top five type receiver because even more than the top three guys, because I don't know if Ruggs is ever going to be a true number one. Like the speed guy is never really the true number one. You don't really see that a lot. Like right. Deshaun Jackson's maybe the closest example of that in, in, in recent memory. Um, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, I guess, too. But Ty- Tyreek Hill's a hard projection. Like, he's a, he's a unicorn sometimes. Um, yeah. And overall, you know, whatever. But Judy, I, I see more of like a Stefan Diggs type, which is great. Like, that's fantastic. And then you have um, CeeDee Lamb, who is – he's a good athlete, but he's not the athlete or, or the size that Mims was. Like, a lot, and we talked about it when we did the show, I believe, last time was um, Lamb – he, four or five whatever that's not a big deal but he's like he's six he's six one or six two 195 where mims Ooh. is bigger than him and a lot of people compare him to deandre hopkins hopkins is again not huge but he's he's bigger than uh lamb is let's, let's do this the last play um right here he's on the top of the screen and uh, it looks like he's running like a slant or just like a like a skinny post it's even hard to tell right. maybe bending inside i don't know skinny. the coverage i don't know what the coverage is i don't know if it, if it was like a bender type but whatever, um, I, I think 
again, you probably seem to defeat the hands better here at the top at the top of that break. Yeah, because you're kind of just leaning into it. They seem to maybe chop that down. Um, what I sh- what I wanted to show here was, and one of the reasons that people are saying, "Oh, well, he can't be an X. Oh, well, he didn't run." And this is the the two biggest things with stats, in my opinion, that are problems, Marcus. And I'm sure you appreciate this as a player. Is there's so many underlying things that go on with an NFL game within a college game that stats are kind of I think stats are garbage like one of his stats and just watch the rest of his play um he's a guy who he can he's a he can get yak like he can change direction quickly he can power through guys arms tackles like here like pretty pretty good athleticism for a guy who's 6'3 um and to be able to get to the one yard line and oh well ESPN stats and info and pro football focus he didn't get a lot of he didn't get a lot of yak he ran like 40,000 fade routes. How, how, how much yak can you get from a fade route? You know, exactly. so. Exactly. Um, and then people are, oh, well, you know, what, I, just stats in general. Like the easiest example of a, of a stat that's bad. Okay, like interceptions. Okay, well, what if, you, if Sam Darnold threw a perfect ball to the guy's chest, the guy dropped it and, it, and it got picked off? Like that's the simplest example. Okay, well, does pro football focus rate that as a, rate that as a bad thing because it's an interception? Or do they take it into context that it bounced off the receiver's chest, you know, or what were his reads or what was the defense or, you know, was it supposed to, was it a bender route and he continued vertical when he was supposed to break it inside on a post, you know, it's like, there's so many things that go into, into stats that I, the reason I don't really like them. Um, no offense to Michael Nania, <laughs> who's a great stats guy for our website, but um, do you think he has that yak ability? Like, you know, watching these plays, watching him at Baylor. Cause I think he does. Maybe he's not, you know, he's not a Brandon Ayuk, or maybe he's not a, a, a you know a Henry Ruggs, but I think he's enough wiggle to to get some yak in the NFL. I just think that him running verticals and and fades a lot kind of prohibited him in terms of his numbers. Well, yeah, that's and that's it's that's the the simple answer. I mean, because that's exactly what it is. I mean, if you look at what he ran at Baylor, he ran mainly vertical routes uh, with a, you know occasional slants. You may get a mm-hmm. you know smash route or whatever it is. Yeah, he doesn't have a, a, you know have the opportunity to get a lot of yak yards. Just but even of, a smash, like even a smasher, I call yeah. it a hitch. It's not like you're running in like a, like he didn't run like a like he ran some like deep overs and and some of those things that can get some yak. But even on a hitch, it's kind of hard to get yak on a yeah, hitch. It's, you know? it's hard, yeah. I mean, there's every now and then you bust, you know, you break free from a hitch or, yeah. or a smash, but. He just he didn't have an opportunity to do that. So, but when you look at plays like this, um, when, you know, when he's catching skinnies or you know, when he's had opportunity to get yak yards, he can definitely do it. He's athletic enough, he's big enough, he's powerful enough that he can do that. So, though, like, I don't really look at yak stats like that just because mm-hmm. I'm like you. I'm asking, okay, well, what route was he running? What wrestlers does he mainly run? What position does he play? I started going down this whole other trail of, okay, well, why did you say he had a lot of yak or why doesn't he have, you know, or why doesn't he have a lot of yak? Yeah. You know, we're talking about that. No different than with interceptions, you know. So there's only, in regards to stats, you can only rely on stats so much. I hate stats. Yeah, when you're talking about a guy like this, stats are just a baseline. But they don't really tell the true, they don't really give you the true meaning of, of what, you know, a player is actually doing. Because there are so many factors. The only like stat I would look at in terms of like, okay, where did he line up? That's the only stats I really look at. Like, okay, he was the X. Like he's oh he's always like he's isolated on the backside a lot on his plays. Um, but like in terms of, like like you said, like and there's so many more stats. Like, okay, offensive lineman, okay, well, this guy allowed a sack. Well, was he passing off a stunt and the guy's hips weren't proper? So he was relying on his on his guard to pick up the stunt um because he had to pick up the looper. 
and the guard wasn't there. So are they going to mark that as a sack for him or was he doing his job and the guard didn't do his job? So like, there's so right. many factors right. that I, I can't just, Oh, well his, his rating was an 86 from profile. I don't care. I don't care about stats. And the yak thing is one of the dumbest things I've seen about Mims because he didn't get the opportunity to run with the ball a lot after the catch or, okay, well, Ayuk and Ayuk or Ayuk, how you say it, is a better yak guy than him. But like he was also running a lot more bubbles and a lot more smoke screens and things like exactly. that. So like, it, like exactly. it's, it's a different offense. So different how can offense. you compare the two guys? Yeah. Um, but with that, that's our that's our last play. Uh, Marcus, any any final thoughts on him? Like anything you want to to bring up? I I, I don't really know. I just want to give you the, the chance to talk about anything with with Mimsrick overall thoughts. I mean, no. I mean, honestly, I think you know, have him being able to fall into the just lap, you know, lap at that you know that point in the draft. You know, I thought was really really, I thought they were really fortunate, you know, to have that, um, you know, not knowing everything about, you know, the wide receiver coach and everybody at Baylor, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of the things that, you know, he does have, um, <clears throat> you know, whether it be, you know, release, um, snatching the ball out of the air, um, some things you just can't coach like the athleticism, you know, the, you know, just the physical play that he has, you know, he's, you know, he's shown that he wants to be one of the better receivers, you know, not just in college, but in the NFL. Um, you're going to get a guy that's going to work hard and he's, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder because he thought he could have gone, he should have gone earlier, which, you know, you and I both agree he should have. Um, Marcus, you know, watch this real quick. <laughs> yeah, I want, I, whatever ready? the reason, you know, this is what you're going to get. I mean, look at this. I mean, that's, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Donald's going to have a field day with this guy. With this guy, I'm just mm-hmm. telling you. Like, he's even on some of the errant throws Donald does have, yep. he's going to be Donald look that much, so much better. It's going to be unbelievable that you're not going to even, you know, that you won't even know. Um, so now you really added a playmaker, I think, you know, to this offense. You know, you've added somebody that can be end up being your number one. Um, you know, we'll have to see what you know the rest of the group does. You know, from a receiving standpoint, mm-hmm. but. Um, Having Perriman, having a you know, <clears throat> having a Mims while Mims is trying to fill it, you know, fill his way out, you know, once practice and everything does resume, you've got somebody in Perriman that can actually help him in regards to the route running, uh, because their body frames are similar as well. Mm-hmm. He's not as you know, I don't know if he's as fast as he as Mims is anymore, but similar body frame, you know, he can school him up on the route running, uh, you know, and where to be, you know, things like that. You know, I think he ended up being. You know, really, I wouldn't be surprised if Mims becomes the number one guy, you know, yeah. less than midway through the, the season, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I mean, he, he has that kind of ability. Now, overall, from the Jets last year, and there's still moves they can make, I would still like to see them add a depth receiver, like a number four type guy, because if was there, fantastic. I, he's a great number four, in my opinion, but he's been injured for, for two, three, two, or two full years out of the last, like, three years. So mm-hmm. you can't rely on that especially a guy for his plays as physical. What do you think about, like, um, have the Jets helped Donald out enough? Obviously, there's there's room for improvement. Like, yeah, next year maybe you see a new right tackle and a new right guard. But, you know, drafting two offensive linemen, getting – you know, maybe you'd like to see Robbie Anderson back, but you got Perriman. I think Crowder is a, is a solid slot receiver, really good at running routes in the slot. He can give you some yak. You have, you have Mims now. You brought in Becton. You brought in Connor McGovern, who I did the review on. I think he's a top – 10-ish guard, maybe top – or center, sorry. Maybe like in that 10 to 12 range, but still upper echelon. Uh, you bring in some depth at guard. Uh, you have Bell. You you drafted uh, P. Ryan, 
out of Florida, the running back. You have Herndon back for a second year. So, like, I, I, in my opinion, they helped him out. I still think there's work to do. But I, I like that Joe Douglas really took a focus on this offense, drafted two guys early, and poured a lot of resources in free agency into the offensive line. Now, maybe they should have gotten Glasgow or, or Conklin, but – he still signed five offensive linemen, uh, two of them potentially being starters with the, the 11th pick overall. So, like, what do you think about Joe Douglas, and is he helping out Darnold, you know, enough, or do you feel like there's maybe more he could he could do? I mean, really, at this point, I, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> you may be able to add another wide out, but mm-hmm. I think the depth, you know, you take it back then, obviously, uh, but before that, in free agency, adding some depth, um, uh, you know, across the offensive line, uh, had to see how the tight end position plays out, you know, obviously. But, you know, just as a receiving core, I think this is actually, a, you know, a pretty decent group. Perryman, Mims, you know, Crowder. Hopefully, Noonwar comes back. Now, if a Noonwar comes back and he's, you know, up to full strength, now you've yeah. really got four solid dudes. Like, you just, I mean, even yeah. with Mims being a rookie, you've got four solid cats. Um, obviously, you've got Le'Veon Bell who can do, you know, everything. Uh, but I think Piran is – you know, isn't that much different than, than Le'Veon. You know, I think he has the ability, especially as a receiver coming out of the backfield, lining up in the slide, yep. tough runs on the inside, um, you know, can stretch the field, you know, whether it be on stretch, you know, he can run in, in between the tackles. I think he does, you know, all those things as well. So I think, I do think that, you know, Douglas has helped out Sam a lot, to tell you the truth. There's mm-hmm. now, you know, the only thing you have to do is, you got to put, you know, everybody in the right spot now. The pieces, you know, you got to put the pieces together. You know, who's going to be playing guard? You know, who's, you know, obviously, you know, Baker's playing tackle. Who's going to be, you know, you know, the other tackle. You know, that's the only thing that you got to do now. You got to put all the pieces in, you know, in the place and see how they mesh, you know, and get the best 11 guys out there. But, you know, there's, there can't be any, nobody can say anything about Douglas not having out Donald now. Because honestly, I think this year he did that, you know, via free agency and in the draft. You know, I think you add depth. Um, the only thing that I would have liked to see, obviously, I know Heaven Sound was the priority. I would just would have liked to see a little bit more, you know, on the other side, you know, if possible. Um, yeah. You know, whether it be in secondary or linebacker. Um, what do you think about Logan Ryan? That, that there's been rumors floating around about him uh, potentially coming to the Jets as a as a corner from Tennessee, Patriots formerly. I thought he signed with. Um, you didn't sign with anybody. Oh, he hasn't. No, that must be another Logan now. Um, no, I mean, I think that would be a good addition. Um, I mean, do I think – I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think he'd be slightly above what's already there, but I think he'd be pretty much kind of – he'd be the same. Like a bunch of number twos. Yeah, like a bunch of – yeah, a bunch of number twos, which you yeah. can get away with that. Uh, you know, you can. Uh, you know, you still – you know, just the way that this game is played now, you know, you look at every team, you know, that's, you know, good defensively, you know, you got two solid corners, you know, two solid number, you know, number one dudes, and you know, you know, whether it be Baltimore or, you know, the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs, I think are, you know, have you know two solid cats. Um, obviously Miami, you see what they've done. Um, <clears throat> so you know, you you really you know you need that. You know, obviously New England, you know, has always done that, but you know, you really do need you know two really solid corners, and then. Um, you know, kind of fill in, you know, at the nickel spot, you know, whatever it is after that. So I really just would have seen, like to see a little bit more help, you know, in the back end, especially if you're going to use Jamal the way that they, that the Jets use him, where he's more in line, you know, in the box, mm-hmm. on the tight end. You know, you need some other guys that can slide in and, you know, be a high safety, uh, be, you know, the nickel guy. 
have some versatility where you can, you know, just tell one corner, all right, you got him by yourself and then, you know, play whatever you play with the other, you know, with the other guy. So uh, that's, you know, it, it, we'll see how it, how it pans out. But overall, yeah. you know, draft-wise, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, I think really the Jets are in a good spot. It's just a matter of getting them coached up, getting everybody on the same page and, and you know, doing everything that they can to teach these guys what they need to know so they can execute. You know, I mean, and honestly, and I'll say this now, this will be a failed year. What did it just record last year? Seven, seven and nine. Seven and nine. If you don't win nine games, ten games this year, this is going to be a failed season. Mm-hmm. With, with the talent that's been accumulated just this year, adding on to what you already have. Yeah. Personally, this you should win nine or ten games. You can't, you know, there's no more Brady. You know, so you can't bank on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Miami got better, I thought. Uh, Indy's still going to be, um, you know, within the, they're not, the, they're in the AC South. But, uh, you know, Buffalo still, you know, they got better. Yep. Uh, you know, I really think this should be a 9-10 win season, to be honest with you. Yeah, they, um, the schedules are definitely a little bit tough, but I agree. I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact that they still have guys coming back to the team who weren't healthy last year. Like, how much does the, the offensive line additions help Le'Veon Bell a lot? Right. Mosley being on the defense – he wasn't there all year. You saw him. They shut up the Bills the first three quarters of the season, the, th- the first three quarters of the first game of the season last year. He went out and they scored like 20 points in a quarter. Mosley mm-hmm. means a lot. Like there's a, there's a lot of stuff coming. Um, I, and the one thing about Douglas is I like that he's going for like the slow build, but the smart build. Like he's not signing guys like Byron Jones for $20 million or Jadavion Clowney for $17 million. Like I like he's doing the slow, smart build instead of overspending like Mac did on these big splashy guys. So I like how he's building the core of the team. And something to, to note of the of the the nine draft picks that they, they that that the Jets picked, five of them are team captains. Like he's going towards a lot of guys who are team captains, strong locker room guys. But uh, final question for you: um, What's more important, coming from a DB? What's more important on the defense in the modern NFL, cornerbacks or edge rushers? What do because there's always a debate over what's more important, a really good edge rusher or number one shutdown corner. Who? Um... <laughs> I gotta hit you with something. Yeah, that's actually a good question. Here's the thing. I mean, I mean, there isn't. I don't think there is one because they, at the end of the day, one helps the other, mm-hmm. regardless of which way it goes. Uh, and if you look throughout history in the NFL, there have been plenty of teams that have been successful with average secondary play and the great up front. And then there have been teams where they're average up front, but they've had, you know, they have great DBs in the back. So they're really, they're, there, is no, there is no more important because they both help each other out. You know, one complements the other. Um, obviously, you know, if you've got both, then, I mean, yeah. like you're killing. Yeah, but, but if you build, and that's why you see some teams where, you know, they may pick up just a, you know, extra guy up front whether it be for run or because he's an okay pass rusher. But, you know, in the secondary, you know, they're, you know, two good corners, two good safeties, a good nickel, you know, yeah. guys that can cover and do that. So I, I don't think there's a favorite. I think because they complement each other, you know, one needs the other. So you can't have, you know, you, you can't, you're not going to have a favorite in that position, you know, in that spot. Even yeah. if you just have, even if you have a, you know, which they just, you know, had when they had, you know, when Darrell was there, even if you have one guy that can just lock down one side, but everybody else in the secondary is average, you know, is average, and your front is average, 
okay, well, he's just playing the game by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're really not helping yourself, so, you know, in that regard. Yes, you may be able to blitz one extra dude because, you know, you've got one guy taking away one guy. But, you know, it doesn't really help that much, you know, in my opinion, just having one. That's why I would rather have, you know, two strong corners, you know, whether it be a 1A, you know, a 1B, or a guy that's a high 2, you know, a 2A or whatever it is. Yeah, on the yeah. side, um, Two good safeties and a nickel um, and have a good front you know, than anything else. So I've always been, you know, of that opinion, just because, I, you know, just all the way, I mean, going all the way back to like early eighties, you know, maybe seventies, you know, I can, you can think about that, you know, think about, think about Cleveland back in the day when they had, um, you know, Frank Minifield um, and um, I don't know why I'm going blank now. They literally had two number one corners. And they were just like, okay, up front, you know, yeah. um, but those two guys, you know, the, their safeties were good. They were obviously more hitters and, you know, coverage guys. But, you know, when you've got two guys like that and with an average front, I mean, it's, it still gives you an advantage, you know, in, in doing that because it gives you a little bit more time to get pressure on the quarterback, do different things up front. So that's why I think they complement each other. So there, there is no fight. Yeah, so when you have both, it's like the reason you saw the Broncos go to the Super Bowl and win. You have Von Miller and Tlaib and Chris Harris. Like that's, right, exactly. You know, yeah. so Roby was the third. Yeah, Roby was the yeah. third. You know, yeah. So you know, which you got both. Yeah. It's it's interesting for the Jets because just in terms of like their roster construction, they still need a lot of work to do. Like they they've done good work in their foundation, but next few years to really get to that next level they don't they, need, they don't have that edge rusher they don't have those corners so i, I think it's gonna be a really big focus next year is mm-hmm. uh, is off the same as this year offensive line corners edge rushers and maybe a receiver or two because like even their offensive line like you know you have three pieces you hope are long-term uh you know pieces at with becton clark at left guard if he develops and then you have mcgovern but the right, right. side you don't have a right guard really and the tackles you have fant and adoga who are both relatively new to the position so hopefully they can develop but you still have two big question marks uh maybe even three or two and a half so it's gonna be interesting to see how they're how they're constructed on um, the next couple of years but uh marcus we appreciate you coming on um any any final words and then well uh, when's your when's your next appearance <laughs> man i don't know it's the usual just uh yeah let me know when you want to break anybody else down and uh just make sure everybody y'all stay safe out there and yep. um I know everybody's opening up. Don't be so antsy to get outside and jump. Oh, like this, you know, dude, be, this you know, weekend was crazy in my yeah. town. Crazy. Yeah, no, it was. It was like that here. I mean, everybody yep. all of a sudden got the green light, and like everybody's on the road now. Just you know, make sure you're careful. Yeah. You know, when we go out, you know, you know, we're starting. You know, we're on the down. You know, on the back end of this. So just make sure you still, you know, be cautious. You know, when when going out and doing those things, so we can completely get this over. But Looking forward to football. It'll be coming up. Yeah, you, know, you know, and excited about it. So, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will be back in a couple of days doing another breakdown. Um, and again, like Margaret said, stay safe. Don't be, don't be stupid, please, because it makes people like me uh, their job a lot harder. So, uh, be smart, please. <laughs> no